everyone into ADC Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network. You can check out more Cowboys articles every single day over at adcsports.com slash Dallas. And tonight on the show, which is presented to you by our friends over at freemanmazda.net. We will talk more about them and the ride of the week in a few moments here on the show. Tonight, we will talk about some Cowboys predictions. I think this will be more of a freestyle kind of show. We'll have some fun. We'll, we'll talk about some predictions here for the Cowboys. So make sure you chime in in the comments because it will be important for tonight's episode. And let's get it started. Let's get it started right now. And we won't get it on, um, into the win-loss record until later. We'll talk about a few other stuff before we do that. And I think that we should start with some bold predictions. How about that? How about we start with some bold, bold predictions? Let me know in the comments, what is your one bold prediction for the Cowboys 2022 season? It can be just about anything. Now, with bold predictions, you always come across some that are not that bold and some that are completely unrealistic. So maybe try to aim for somewhere in the middle. Mine, honestly, is not going to be that bold. Six to Midnight says, we're winning the NFC. There's no doubt. Oh, I agree. Oh, I agree with that one. Uh, Moncho says five wins. Now that's a bold prediction, especially considering the Cowboys win total prediction, uh, according to the sports books and odds makers, sits at 10 and a half. That would be uh, a big surprise. Professor O says, my bold prediction, Malik Hooker leads the team in interceptions. I like that one, especially because Trevon Diggs will get the majority of, you know, like if you ask any anyone who will lead the Cowboys in interceptions, chances are the correct answer is Trevon Diggs. But I like Malik Hooker because he is a free safety. He is a free safety and as such, he should be in a lot of good opportunities to take that ball away. Six to Midnight says winning two playoff games. Nicholas, ooh, this is this is the kind of bold predictions that I love. Nicholas says Turpin takes the opening Sunday night kickoff for a touchdown. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be a start to the season? Now, if that happens, though, like the Cowboys must win that game, right? <laughs> Gregory says top three defense. 7-Eleven says, Schultz leads all tight ends in the NFL in receptions. The Cowboys will have back-to-back -back playoff appearances since 2007, says Toxic Tom, which is, you know, somewhat bold because of the fact that it hasn't happened since 2007, but also not that bold because it is expected to happen, right? Let's see. Let's see. Uh, Lumen says, lose to Minnesota in the first round of the playoffs. I don't like that one. I don't like that one. Uh, 13 wins, NFC champs, NFC champions is Gilbert. What else? What else? Christopher, number one defense this year, most takeaways and most points per game. There you go. All right. Here's my bold prediction for you guys. And I went with a very specific one that is definitely doable. But I've got Dak Prescott running for over 350 yards. I don't know how bold this one is. Because he has actually done that before in his career. 
Dak Prescott ran for 357 yards in 2017. That was the Chaz Green season. That was the Ezekiel Elliott suspension season. He ran for 357 yards. He also had six rushing touchdowns, which is tied for most in his career. But I think that the Cowboys do end up using Dak Prescott's legs a little bit more, especially with a shaky offensive line. You're going to want to have him in more favorable situations in which maybe he rolls out. And, you know, every time that you roll out of the pocket, there's always that rushing lane near the sideline. So I'm expecting that to be a possibility. I have always been calling and pounding the table for the Cowboys to use some read option near the goal line. They've, they've never done that, and I don't get why. I just think about old-school Russell Wilson running the read option at the goal line and being insanely successful with the Seattle Seahawks at it. I think that Dak Prescott could very well do that as well. We know that he's experienced with it from his time in Mississippi State, and we've seen him actually do that at the NFL level. So that's my kind of bold prediction. I don't know how bold that is, but it would be just the second time he's done that in his career. And it would also be the first time since 2017, which is his second year in the NFL. So maybe it is somewhat bold, but I've got Dak Prescott running for over 350 yards. Let's see. Let's see some, uh, some more of your, or of your bold predictions before we move on here. Sick will quiet doubters, says Ray on Facebook. I like that one. Dak throws four touchdown passes in the first game, says David Sherman. Man, that, that would make for a very fun football game versus the Tampa Bay Bucs. Dan Fowler, second on team with sacks, says six to midnight. That would be, that would be kind of bold. I agree, man, especially because you've got Micah uh, and D-Law. Even if they play on the same side of the defensive line for the most part, you can have that very well. Jerry and Stephen stop being cheap, says Chalk, and, and interfering with who starts, etc. Now, that would be pretty, pretty bold. Uh, fun stats, says Professor O. If Dak can throw for 4,015 yards in his first 15 games of this season, he will pass Kurt Warner for the third most passing yards through 100 games in NFL history. Oh, wow. Through 100 games. Man, Professor O is bringing it. That, that's, some, that's some NFL media guide kind of statistic there by Professor O. Or, or you know, one of those media guides that, that are out there from teams. That's that's quite a good stat now. Even though I studied finance, I do need a calculator. That's pretty doable. That's 267 yards per game. 267 yards per game. If that averages that through the first 15 games of the season, he would pass Kurt Warner for the third most passing yards through 100 games in NFL history. Man, a, a big, big round of applause. I don't know if I have an applause sound effect. I think I do. For Professor. Oh, he, he did nail that, man. He did nail that. There you go. We don't call him Professor for nothing because it's 6 to midnight. I like that. All right. Anyway, anyways, uh, moving on. Let's get into some other predictions here. Let's get into some other predictions. Let's let's. Stick with the passing statistics, with the receiving statistics. Let me know in the chat. CD Lamp is not an option here. CD Lamp, if everything goes to plan, he will exceed 1,000 yards. That's what 
we are hoping for as Cowboys fans. And, you know, objectively, it's likely to happen because if Dak Prescott is going to put up those numbers in today's NFL, you probably need your number one wide receiver to go for over 1,000 yards. Who is the other, who is another Cowboys player that will also go over 1,000 yards? Here is more or less your candidates, in my opinion. Dalton Schultz, even though he is a tight end, he could very well end up being the Cowboys' number two most targeted player, or even number one, honestly. You've got Michael Gallup also as a possibility, even if he, you know, comes in a little bit later. Or you also have Jalen Tolbert, which would be the, the big surprise as a third-round rookie. So who is the other player that goes over 1,000 yards in the Cowboys' 2022 uh, uh, season? Let's see. Let's see. Charles is uh, 7-11. Mel Hayes is a nobody. Now, that's that's interesting. That's interesting, and it could happen. I agree with that, though. Uh, 60 minutes is Gallup. Dalton Schultz. Noah Browns is Toxic Tom, who is expected to be your number two guy and lead the team in snaps alongside uh, C.D. Lamp at wide receiver. Dalton Schultz. Gallup, number one, is Kenneth Fraser. Des Bryant is Toxic Tom. Gallup, uh, Charlie Evans, Tony Pollard, Chalks is Houston. That would be a an iconic rookie season if he does. Noah Brown will have a thousand yards as Bruce. I will, uh, and, and Eric says nobody because the wealth will be spread out. I think that it will be spread out. I do think, however, that there's another player that will go over one thousand yards, and I've got Michael Gallup. Fitting that bill. I've got Michael Gallup because even though he will miss maybe two to four games, I think that would be more or less the expectation for him to miss two to four games based on the fact that he's on the 53, based on the fact that the Cowboys have publicly stated that he could be ready to go after week one. Knowing that and knowing that Michael Gallup has a legit shot at playing 14 games, I think he can reach that 1,000 yard mark. He is the X receiver on this offense. We've talked about how important that is in Dallas. And we know that he's been productive when healthy with the Dallas Cowboys. CeeDee Lamb might get a lot of time in the slot. The same for Jalen Tolbert. With Michael Gallup leading the team in isolated reps, I think he could be a guy that really is targeted by the Dallas Cowboys and by Dak Prescott. So I will go with Gallup as my answer. I will go with that one. Peyton Hendershot says Iceberg Slim. 29 catches, 396 yards, and four touchdowns. I like that as a bold prediction, Iceberg. I do. I, I'm, I, I'm not sure if I see it. <laughs> but, man, that would be fun, though. That would be fun. Bet that, says Full Canelli. Says, uh, says, but I don't know if he meant, you know, about a Gallup, about a Gallup being the the X. Joseph Gonzalez says Gallup is a wide receiver. I don't know about that. Uh, it depends on what you call the wide receiver. But Gallup, since 2020, is the guy that has lined up as the X, the second most reps in the NFL in percentages. So Gallup is this guy, this team's isolated guy. That's what I call the X receiver at least. 
the guy that's isolated on their formation. Michael Gallup is second in the NFL since 2020 in this assignment. So I would argue he is the X, man, 100%. Maybe, maybe we have different definitions from X to Y. It, it happens depending on, on, on who you're talking to. But he is the isolated receiver on this team, though. He, he's the, the guy that's isolated. That's what I mean with the X. Craig says, you are way too high on Gallup. I, I have been high on, on Gallup, honestly. I do think that he's a very good receiver. I don't think that he could be one of these NFL leading receivers on any team, but he could make a decent one, probably, with a nice cast around him. Schultz will run that slant, says Full Canelli. Hopefully, Gallup is the access, Tommy. Yeah, I agree, man. I, I really don't think that's up to debate. Now, remember that in, in football, in modern football, those positions are pretty fluid, right? Because you, you can be the X on your team and still be running isolated routes only 30% of the time or, or even less. I think that actually Gallup's percentage was something like 34%, which means you're playing everywhere but mostly you will see him outside. MG has a lot of deaths in him, so 7-Eleven. Especially with the impressive catches, I would say. <laughs> Shout out to Joey Bella in the YouTube chat. What is up, man? Thank you for being here. Anyways, moving on. This is a good one, I believe. Which position group? We're moving on to the next, to the next question. What position... Do you think the Cowboys could target at the deadline, at, at the trade deadline? So right now we're concerned about offensive tackle. We are concerned about wide receiver. But imagine we are heading into week eight. What position group do you think the Cowboys are targeting at the deadline? Now, you know, the trade deadline can be notoriously quiet, more quiet than fans would, would like, it, like it to be. But what position could the Cowboys be looking for at the deadline? Jerome says, swing tackle. Swing tackle. Mascot, says Bruce got these. Offensive line, says Tommy915. Gregory, offensive line. Special teams. Kicker, says Brooklyn Joe. Uh, Mel went with special teams here. That's, that's a, an interesting one, Mel. I would ask you to specify. Are you with... Reuven and Amanda, and are you with Brooklyn Joe? Are you thinking about a kicker or are you thinking about a, a, a returner maybe? Let us know in the comments. Uh, let's see. Whiteouts has Bruce got the use. I like all of these predictions. I am going with a different one, actually. I am going with a different one. I am going with defense, believe it or not. I am going with cornerback. I like the Cowboys cornerbacks. Do not get me wrong. And I think this is one of the seasons in which I felt the most confident about a defensive backfield as a whole. Probably the most confident I felt, actually. But you've got Trevon Diggs, Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis. Anthony Brown and Jordan Lewis exceeded every single expectation set for them last year. There's... Really no reason to believe it won't be the case again in 2022. But still, the question mark remains because we've seen only that one season from them in which they have been 
playing at such a high level. So naturally, you are concerned. And if one of them goes down, if there is an injury at cornerback, I'm not sure I feel that good about the depth as I did before training camp in the preseason. You guys know what I'm talking about. Nashawn Wright was, at least according to the media and fans, in the roster bubble, heading into cutdown day. Kelvin Joseph's play was not inspiring either. So I think that a cornerback just being such a such a thin group across the entire league, such a you know day and night as soon as you lose one player kind of position. I think it's it's one position that they could be looking at midseason. I've got a cornerback in there. Let's see what you guys have. Uh, what else have you guys said in the in the Facebook chat? Professor O with a friendly reminder that I always love. He says, friendly reminder to hit the like button. Thank you to Professor O. If you're watching the show, if you like what you're seeing, do me a favor and hit the like button and share the show because it really helps out getting this show in front of more people. Hector says, how about an offensive coordinator? You know, everyone wants a new offensive coordinator. I will say this. I was going through some bold predictions on a on a tweet earlier today. I don't know who the tweet... Uh, I can't remember. I think it was Tom Downey's tweet, actually. And then Scooter was replying to that tweet. And he said, Mike McCarthy doesn't make it to the end of the season. I, I think McCarthy is one of the coaches in the NFL with the hottest seats. And by extension, I think that is the case for Kellen Moore as well. There go the Pittsburgh Panthers. I'm watching, uh, you know, I've got the college football game. It's the first Thursday of college football. And I've got it here in my phone because I had I, I took some action, man. Pittsburgh minus seven and a half and I'm not doing great. So I need that touchdown. Sorry for the interruption. But anyways, how about um, I think the Cowboys coaching staff makes it to the end of the season almost 100% sure about that. I, I really believe that. I, I, I believe that they are among the coaches with the hottest seats. I cannot see the Cowboys moving on from them mid-season. Toxic Tom says, we are. And Russell Dye says, he almost scored. I appreciate the heck out of you watching primetime and having you know college football on as well. <laughs> you should have taken Penn State. I did. I did, Craig. I have Penn State minus three and a half versus Purdue because I am very high on Penn State this season. You know, I don't see them winning the Big Ten or anything like that. I, I just see them as a as a viable bet week in and week out. I also had Tennessee first quarter, Tennessee first half, and that was just an automatic win. Anyways, he got the touchdown. Back to the Cowboys. Back to the Cowboys. I could see McCarthy not making it, says Mel Hayes. It would be a surprise to me, though, because I don't see a scenario in which the Cowboys really do as poorly as they would have to do for Mike McCarthy to be fired midseason. It would have to be, it would have to be a, a bad, bad season. And I don't see that happening, to be honest. Let's see. Uh, Chewy says... I think it's going to be something just going through growing pains is uh, chewy, but I, I maybe is Kellen Moore head coach material. That was the question from chewy, man. 
I don't know. I know, I know uh, everyone is just abandoning the Kellen Moore bandwagon, and I get it. But you can also get why he was a rising head coach candidate over the last couple or, or, or the last few years. I've, we, we've talked about this before on the show. He had one of the top offenses in the NFL when he had Dak Prescott for the entire season. So Kellen Moore has a lot of questions to answer. There are growing pains in the, in the career of a coach. And whether or not the Cowboys put him at offensive coordinator too early, because they did, that is a fact. It happened too early. He has not a lot of experience as a coach in the NFL. So can he get over plenty of the concerns that are around him right now? Like, you know, we've talked about this before, game planning, having that solid scheme to fall back on and identifying what that strength of his team is, something that he can go back to when things are not going his way. And really just putting a, a true identity together as opposed to as opposed to you know taking place from here and there, which is a positive sometimes, but also we saw late in the season how it could be a negative. I think it's too early to say if Kellen Moore is not head coach material or him being head coach material. He still has those tools. Toxic Tom says, Mo, I'm telling you, he's gonna be the next head coach. It's way too similar to how Garrett rose to how Garrett rose to power. I don't know about that, but like forgetting for forgetting for about the Cowboys for a moment. Forgetting about the Cowboys. They, they overturned the touchdown, man. Damn. Anyways, uh <laughs> forgetting about the Cowboys for a moment. At the end of the day, I think that Kellen Moore is still a rising candidate at, at for, a, for a head coaching job. Not soon, maybe, but he is what? One good season away? Two good seasons away from being right back in the conversation? We've seen enough NFL to know that that is the case, in my opinion. But anyways, moving on, moving on here. We are getting, we are getting a, a scheduled prediction. We are not, not a scheduled per se, but a record prediction. But before we get to that, what will be the biggest miss of the Dallas Cowboys from this offseason? I am talking about free agent signings mostly. We could get a draft pick in there. I didn't want to do that, so I went with the very few free agent signings that, that the Cowboys made. So my biggest miss, and this is so unoriginal, and I hate me for it, man. I, I don't like the fact that this is so unoriginal, but I had to go with Brett. I had to go with Brett as the biggest miss. There are still some, some kickers that I would bring in, honestly, for the Cowboys for the regular season. I would go for Jose Borregales. I've, I've talked about him before here on the show. He lost the kicker competition with Ryan Suckup over at Tampa Bay. I would go get him on the Cowboys. I, I'm not expecting the team to do so. My biggest miss for Dallas is Brett Maher at, at kicker. 
I thought about going with James Washington because of the injury and maybe him failing to find a role when he gets back midseason. I thought about going with Dante Fowler, not because of his play, just because of the, you know, can he find a role on a team in which Sam Williams appears to be rising quickly. But I decided against it because they signed minimum salary contracts. And I just couldn't bring myself to, to blame them for that. So I will go with Brett as the biggest miss. Toxic Tom says, way too many misses to choose from, honestly, Mo. On one hand, you would think that. On the other hand, Toxic, there are not a lot to choose from because there were not a lot of big signings by the Cowboys. I actually struggled to think of some. Because you could go with a uh, you could go with a rookie out of the NFL draft, but also it's a rookie from the NFL draft, so it's not like you can hate on them for that. For that, uh, I don't think we will know a lot about Tyler Smith after one season. I don't think that we will learn a lot about uh, Tolbert or Sam Williams. They would need to be bad for that to happen. Jason Renfro says I would go. With Dicker, the kicker. Toxic Tom said, how would you, uh, how many you want, Mo? Top five. Oh, oh, okay. Toxic Tom says, how you handle the Cooper situation? Oh, okay, okay. Wait a second. Maybe I should have been more specific. When I'm talking about biggest miss, I am talking about a player that, are, that was brought in to contribute and won't. Or at least not the way the Cowboys expected to. But yeah, if we are looking at misses from the Cowboys front office throughout the entire offseason, you get the Lyle Collins situation, you get the Amari Cooper situation, the Randy Gregory situation, uh, not having a swing tackle, all of that. I agree with Toxic Tom on that. There were a lot of, there was a plethora of misses by the Cowboys we could choose from. For example, Craig has an answer. He says Anthony Barr. Gregory says James Washington. But there are not a lot to, to choose from. Professor O says, Jonathan Garibay, field goal attempts. I'll see myself out, says Professor O. Man, I really wanted Garibay to work out. Releasing the GOAT Ryan Null, says House of M Comics. Man, you didn't have to make Toxic Tom cry that way, House of Comics. You didn't have to remind him of how Ryan Null was released. Now, on to the biggest hit. Who will be the biggest hit by the Dallas Cowboys? I will not even lose time with this one. And I will get with the signing that I once was skeptical about. Cavante Turpin, the Cowboys news specialist. When they signed him, and I've talked about this before, I had my doubts, mainly because of the weight, because of the lack of experience. Because of thinking, come on, man, that's the USFL. It doesn't apply. It's not the same level. But after seeing Kevonte Turpin return for two touchdowns in the preseason, I kind of saw enough, honestly. I kind of saw what they, mean, what they meant. So I think that the biggest hit could end up being Kevonte Turpin. And this actually kind of makes me want to go down a rabbit hole real quick here. Because a lot of people are 
going to have bold predictions about Kevante Turpin's amount of touchdowns on special teams. And I think that is fair. But what would be what would be the amount of touchdowns that makes us believe like the Cowboys nailed this signing? How many touchdowns would he need to have? And I actually put together an article on adcsports.com about it in which I kind of looked at previous seasons and how many how many touchdowns you needed to have. And you only get seasons in which special teamers or and returners specifically had maybe two touchdowns in the same season. And that was the case all the way back all the way back till 2016 when Tyreek Hill had three of them as a rookie. And I'm talking about punt return and kick return touchdowns combined. So Kevontae Turpin goes out there and has two touchdowns, two return touchdowns throughout the entire season. And that's a big hit. That, that is a big, big hit, honestly. If he gets five, that'll be dope. This is king element. Now five, and that's exactly the point I'm trying to get across here. Five is historic. <laughs> five is just some Devin Hester kind of stuff right? Actually, let's, let's go down that rabbit hole. I mean, we're here already. We're watching college football in the background. Let's go down that rabbit hole. Devin Hester, pro football reference page. Pro football reference remains the goat of, of, uh, you know, oh no, Devin Hester's numbers are insane, man. In 2007, he had four pun return touchdowns and he had two kick return touchdowns. 2006, uh, so that's six total. 2006, he had five total, three total in 2010. But that that also goes to show my point. Devin Hester, the all-time NFL's best returner on special teams. And he has one six-touchdown season, one five-touchdown season, and then it's three or less. You can get two touchdowns from Kevontae Turpin and you better be happy about it, <laughs> right? If he goes, if he, if he goes with three or more, then that's just a plus. Professor O says, anything over two on special teams and five total is good for me, says Professor O. Oh yeah, I'm talking about special teams specifically. If he can get more on offense, then even better, right? Turpin reminds me of Dante Hall. More of Dante Hall than Hester's so king element. That's fair. That's fair. Christopher <laughs> Christopher says, I think we're putting a lot of pressure on the kid, but <laughs> I want six. All right. Quite, quite the bot there. We better use Turpin on offenses, Mark. I hope so too. And I've said this before, man. If you're going to involve him, I need him to run the rally tree. I don't want him in there for gadget plays only. If he's not going to be in there for gadget plays only, honestly, I, I'm not sure if I want him in there a lot. I just hope that they get him in there in a creative way, but also get him to do some regular stuff so it's not as predictable. Now, by the way, Kevontae Turpin wearing number nine. How do you feel about that? Let me know in the comments as well because I've got some thoughts about it. It does matter. I was reading your comments before I went live and some people were saying, you know, it's just a jersey number. Uh, Tony Romo didn't do enough to 
have this number that's essentially retired. And I agree with that. Tony Romo's number nine should not be retired. That, to me, is pretty clear. The Cowboys have retired number eight, 12, and 22. Not officially. There has not been a ceremony in which they retired Troy Aikman's number or Staubach's or Emmett Smith's. They just don't hand it to anybody. There was a player in, in training camp once that actually wore number 12. I remember the name. I, I don't remember the name, but Nick Eatman wrote about it on his book, If These Walls Could Talk, which is a great book, by the way. But those numbers are like not officially retired, but they are retired. We know that. Number 88 is not, and he it has some meaning. Number 54 is not. It also has some meaning. There goes Pittsburgh once more. Uh, number 94 is also not retired. It's got some meaning. So, you know, when Torben is handed the number nine jersey, I'm not complaining about it, but I'm also not acting like it doesn't mean anything. It definitely does. The Cowboys give these jerseys to players that they believe in. Whether they have been right or wrong, that's a different story. Jalen Smith got number nine. Jalen Smith got number nine and clearly didn't work out for them. They released him in October of last year. But they they wouldn't, they gave it to him for number one, a very good personal reason. He was trying to honor a late teammate of his from Notre Dame. And, you know, they had given him 54 previously at the beginning of his career. They make a big deal out of 88, out of how a wide receiver that's drafted by the Cowboys in the first round, uh, you know, he said to get number 88. It really, I really believe it means something. It believes that they do have that expectation for him. It might be marketing. It might be, you know, just cheesy football stuff. But I will tell you what, fans care about this. And players care about this more than we think, in my opinion. I remember Michael Lombardi's book on the Gridiron Genius, the, the Gridiron Genius book. And he talked about how they had this player of the week leather jacket that players would love to have. And you see the, you know, the, the, the game ball ceremony after every single game. These are things that cap that players actually care about. So I do think that Turpin wearing number nine is cool. I do think it has some kind of meaning. And I think that, you know, Cowboys fans shouldn't be upset about him getting Tony Romo's number. I really think they shouldn't. But I also think it's not like, oh, it means nothing. They just handed him the available number. It definitely means something. Craig says, stop with the numbers. These are professional players. But that's exactly what I'm talking about. That is exactly what I'm talking about. We, we look at these professional players and we think that they're robots or something. They care, man. They, they do care about this stuff. And just read about those, you know, stupid incentives that they love. Like the leather jacket that I just mentioned from the Great Iron Genius book, right? Give him 17 for Dwayne Harris. Says Toxic Tom. I wanted them, and I think everyone wanted him um, to get number 23. Do you think the Cowboys will sign another wide receiver? Says Jacob Diaz. I really would say I'm leaning towards not. At least not right now. 
I think they do get an offensive lineman, whether it's Jason Peters, who left. And I mean, I don't, I don't know if he left actually, but who has not been signed, or at least not that we know of by the Cowboys. And I actually got a Twitter notification and I had to check about it because you never know. But anyways, anyways, final two predictions, NFC East record. Let me know in the comments, what is your NFC record for the Dallas Cowboys? Last year, they were a perfect 6-0. I remember when we had Skywalker Steel and I, who you can catch every morning here on the channel, we had this crossover show and we were handing out some bold predictions. And I said, the Cowboys are going 6-0 in the NFC. So I got that right. It was a bold prediction at the time. It wasn't entirely serious and ended up being true. What is your prediction? I am being optimistic on this one, by the way. I am, I am going with a 5-1 and one in the division. I don't think they, you know, I, I don't think that they go perfect again. I am going 5-1 and one more than, you know, backing the Cowboys, fading the Commanders, and fading the Giants. I think that they really have a lot of stuff to work with. Uh, I think that even though Washington has a quality offensive line, a decent offensive line, it's a big question mark at a quarterback, big question mark across various spots on the defense. So I've got them, you know, losing the two games versus the Cowboys. I've got them. I got the Giants as well losing the two games versus the Cowboys. And I've got Dallas and the Eagles splitting the series. So I will actually go with a five and one. Let's see some of your comments here. He's at Charlie and Evans is three and three, six and oh for Tommy915. Professor O says four and two in the division and 11 six overall. By the way, start dropping those overall predictions. Alex Sanchez with the four and two. Mark Andrew with the four and two. Chevy with the 14 and three. Uh, well, that's for the entire season. John says five and one, six and oh. We sweeping the division, says King Element. Jack with a five and one. Let's see, let's see. Who am I missing? I'm missing a lot. I'm sorry for that. But Seek also goes with five and one over at Facebook. Uh, <laughs> let's see. Yeah, there you go. That's mine. Five and one. Five and one in the NFC East. And then for my final, final overall prediction, I am going with this light, very slight over on the sports books. The Cowboys win total projection at 10 and a half. I am going with the 11. I think that they can get the 11 in big part thanks to the division. That's why I'm going with them five and one versus the NFC East. They will lose. They will definitely lose some tough games. Uh, you know, they've got, the Buccaneers to open the season, the Bengals a little bit later, they play the Rams. Those three teams are more complete than the Cowboys, in my opinion, quite clearly. Then you have some tough December games as well. You've got the Colts, you've got the Titans. Those are losable games. The Vikings and the Packers stretch is also kind of tough. This is going to be an interesting season. It's going to be fun. I don't think that the Cowboys will be in a position to earn a number one seed or a number two seed. I think they're winning the division. I think that they're in the playoffs. They're hosting a game in the wildcard round. But, you know, we'll see what happens. You never know when you get into the playoffs. So that's more or less my final predictions 
for the Dallas Cowboys. Tommy915 says, Mo is trying not to look like a homer going with a 5-1. Hey, it's what I truly think about the NFC East. I do think that the Eagles, you know, the Cowboys can go 1-1 one, one, one versus the Eagles, and they might go 0-2. Oh, like, if the Cowboys go 4-2 in the NFC East, I would say that those two losses are coming from the Eagles. I've said this before on the show. I think they've got the better roster. I think that the Cowboys are the favorites to win the division because of the quarterback situation, but they've got the better roster. By the way, Jason Peters not signing with the Cowboys has some people have has some people nervous because the Eagles are dealing with an injury to Andrew Dillard. I don't know if I'm concerned about that because Andrew Dillard is not a projected starter for Philadelphia. Jordan Mylata is. Toxic Tom says, Mo, I just believe in this team when expectations are high. Nine and eight feels right. Craig says, do not sleep on the Giants, especially if Barkley is healthy. There are some reasons to like the Giants. There definitely are. You know, they've got Kayvon Thibodeau, though. Even with the injury, he will be back at some point. Paired with Aziz Ojolari, that's a tough combination of defensive ends. They've always had one of the best defensive tackles duos in the NFC, in my opinion. So I can see that. I, I can see what Craig means with that comment. I, I am just not buying into the Daniel Jones hype. I really am not. Ryan Devol is the biggest X factor there. He called plays for the Buffalo Bills. That's that's always important. I think it will take time for the Giants, though, to get there. Uh, King Element says they still have Daniel Jones. I will sleep. Jones is a huge question. He really is. He really is. But but there are some things to like, as Craig says. And especially if Barkley is healthy, which is a big if. But see, Juan Barkley has always been a fun player. Ladies and gentlemen, do me a favor and hit the like button. Show lasted 45 minutes. So for those of you who have been calling for a one-hour show, I'm getting closer. I, I, I really don't want it to be one hour long, though. That's a thing. I always aim for a 20 to 30-minute show. That gets way tougher during the regular season, like significantly tougher. During the offseason, you know, during June and July, 20 minutes and we were out of here. <laughs> but we, we will aim for that 20 to 30 minute mark. 30 minute mark. I think I think 30. <laughs> Toxic Tom, man. You gotta <laughs> you gotta chill with those comments, man. <laughs> Anyways, welcome. I'm kidding. Uh, welcome. Yeah, uh, welcome. What am I? Should I start over after saying welcome? All right, my bad. Thank you guys. Thank you for tuning into the show. Do me a favor and hit the like button. Enjoy your weekend. Every like puts this show in front of more Cowboys fans, people. So that helps us a lot. So make sure you hit the like button. It takes about five seconds. Please do it. Like right now, before, before I continue with my goodbye, hit the like button. I, I will wait. All right, there you go. I think that all of you, I, I think all of you got it. Thank you. Thank you for your comments. I really appreciate it. Uh, good night, everyone. Enjoy your weekend. Oh, man, I'm pulling a Skywalker steel here right now. Skywalker still almost had this moment as well. This show was presented to you by our friends over at Freeman Mazda. And the ride of the week, the CX-5 2.5S Premium, a very 
Very fun vehicle. You can check it out on the website. All-wheel drive feature, the Wi-Fi hotspot, adaptive cruise control. It's got Apple CarPlay slash Android Auto. And this is the best part of it all. Heated leather, memory power seating, and a miles per gallon capacity of 25 in the city. That goes up to 30 when you are in the highway. So make sure you check out the Freeman Mazda CX-5 2.5S Premium over at their website at freemanmazda.net. Primetime was presented to you by Freeman Mazda. And thank you. Adios. Nos vemos hasta el domingo. Adios.